It is the Chicagoverse Unlimited podcast, featuring interviews with the premier artists and industry in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, Gabe Leibowitz of Dastardly. Here's how that sounds. Haima Black here at Public Hotels for Dynasty Podcast. I'm here with Gabe Leibowitz from Dastardly. How are you doing, man? I'm just living the dream in the public hotel lobby, man. How about you? And are, are we are we okay to say that? Is that going to destroy sure. the mystique? No, 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 no. Absolutely, man. Like, shout out public hotels. They take really good care of us yeah, here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, thank you for coming out, man. There's a lot happening with Dastardly. I feel like I'm seeing the name all over. Does it feel like you guys are getting a lot of recognition right now? I think so. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, we've, we were out of the limelight for, like, three years. And so we've just been... We've just been been spending the last couple of months kind of slowly putting out content uh, to get ready for this release. But we've been playing a lot. You know, we've been doing workshopping to get ready and uh, just making our presence known. So it, we're grateful when people catch on and share, and that's awesome. So the record that is out now just recently came out at the beginning of the month. It's called The Hollow, um, and that's the new record from Dastardly, correct? Right. Yeah. I was reading up about the record, and it sounds like the origins of this album at the very beginning, at its core, at its inception, if you will, started in like 2012, which yeah. is 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but you know, like now three years for an album cycle seems like a long time. So, kind of, how did this process develop and kind of incubate over three years? Right. So there, there were a couple of things that uh, that made this take a really long time. And it was one of those big projects that was really intimidating because we didn't really know how we were going to, uh, to do things. For, for instance, we didn't even know exactly what we wanted to sound like. Uh, we had been doing music that was a lot more kind of folk and Americana based and we had all of these different interests and we had other interests in different production techniques, different songwriting styles. And we kind of fell into that trap where we had just enough time to play a lot of shows and go on tours, but that meant that we were not spending enough time on our material. And uh, we just really wanted to feel like we were owning it and spending all of our time developing as a group. And I think that when you're on a local level and you have limited time with your collaborators, you have to, you have to make a conscious decision what you're going to put your time and focus into. If it's going to be getting your name out there and playing great shows, or if you're going to, uh, you know, really go all in with the material. So we all lived together in a, in a coach house in 2012, and I just decided to, to just not set up any shows and to just start to just start writing. And what we would do is we would, I had some song ideas because I write the lyrics and kind of the body of the songs and we arrange together collaboratively as a group. And we would flesh the songs out together and we would just kind of demo with GarageBand. And after working on about 15 songs, we had a, we had a good idea of kind of what we wanted to sound like, which was, I think, very different than what we had been putting out previously. So after that, you know, it started, we didn't know what we wanted to sound like. Then we didn't quite know how we were going to actually record it. And that became another thing where uh, we ended up getting hooked up with this engineer, John Alvin, who was, was uh, managing a studio called Chromatic, which is no longer with us. And I started actually, I started learning the ropes and 
and uh, working there actually and doing some production stuff and kind of learned how to engineer. So we were able to do major stuff like drums and bass with John, but then the rest I ended up engineering myself. So it just ended up being a very long process that was partially due to time constraints, partially due to budget, but uh, it was very, very long process, but was uh, it's definitely amazing to watch things grow. And it's crazy to think when we started that fun song was like the number one song in the world. That's, that blows my mind. When we started, that was the song. So you can like go back and like track the Billboard Top 100 and be like, okay, this was like the Katy Perry, Katy Perry era. This was the fun era of yeah. the album process. Yeah, Yeah, because I remember when we were still living together and we were just writing the songs, I remember Yeezus had just came out and it blew our minds. And so we were trying to figure out how to make an upright bass sound like bass and Yeezus and stuff. So it, it was, it, it's, it's crazy just thinking back. This is your Yeezus record. There's, there's, there's a bit of Yeezus. There's nice. a bit of Yeezus. Not as much aggression as, as yeah. Kanye, but definitely uh, we love Kanye records. And we, we uh, took a lot from his production philosophies. And I mean, the way that he structures his albums is inescapable now as far as I mean like even Tame Impala not even just hip-hop like Kendrick and Drake but Tame Impala, Bon Iver, these uh, you know these albums that kind of weave in and out of each other in different styles it's uh, I think my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy had a big impact on on uh, artistic everything. rock everything yeah. everything so this record The Hollow I mean it's definitely got like a kind of dark slower Atmospheric, that's the word I want. There's a lot of atmosphere. I feel like a lot of understated emotion. Would you say that that's accurate in the record? I think uh, understated at times, there's definitely a couple, definitely a couple very melodramatic moments for sure. But It, it builds. I guess but, that's what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of build, a lot of tension. Yeah. Uh, a, a big songwriting influence of mine is Roy Orbison, who I think is... The, not only do I, I love his singing style, but the way that he arranges his songs. If, if you listen to any of his songs, like Crying is a big one, In Dreams is a big one, another one you could check out is called Running Scared. And if you listen to these songs, they're like three and a half minute operas where it'll, it'll straight up start even technically at the lowest part of his range. And by the end of the song, the strings are going and he's just belting. And it's, it's such a thrilling ride to see that build and, and uh, I, I was definitely interested in taking that songwriting approach at the core with more modern production elements. Do you think that it helped or, or led to a, a richer, fuller, more developed project to have that three year kind of incubation period with it? Oh, absolutely. And that's the, that's the, that's the sacrifice that we wanted to make because we, I think when, you, when you're an independent band and you don't have a budget, I feel like sometimes you fall into that trap where where you think that the music that you're making is good enough for now, but when you get the opportunity and the big break, then then that's when you'll be able to put your everything into something. And and I don't want to discredit the music that we made before, but it was it was nothing that I, I felt that I personally was able to go all in. And I you know, we'd been around for three years and no one had been knocking on our door you know banging on our door so we uh, I decided now it's the time I need to have the satisfaction of knowing that 
I put every every you know piece of blood and sweat into this project and a lot of people spend a lot of time working on it and there's just so much heart and uh, you know it's it's really special when there's a when there's a project where the people who are the most emotionally invested had so much to do not only with the singing and the writing but also miking up the vocals and and uh, mixing the album and and uh, making sure the mastering is just right stuff like that it's uh, just such a personal experience so the record just came out at the beginning of the month like we said and then Friday night, the 10th, coming up right here, uh, July 10th, Lincoln Hall, you guys are taking the stage, right? Taking the stage, we're headlining. We're going to play every song from the record. So, you know, you're talking about a few years ago, people didn't really, you know, they weren't knocking on your door, they didn't, you know, maybe you guys weren't on people's radar, and now it really feels like you are. Like, what do you attribute that to, you know, why do you think Dastardly is now, like, I see your name on Facebook, I see the name on Twitter, like... You know, I know you guys are getting shares, getting write-ups, like, you know, kind of how did you move to this space where things are happening for you now? Totally. Well, I I think, um, I think things have kind of changed in the past three years. I think there's just, I mean, I, I I remember even three years ago, you would, you would check into MySpace (laughs) like every month or so just to see what was still kicking. And I think there's just so many more platforms right now. So I, I think there's that. Uh, I think that's a big thing. I'm also pretty relentless about the keeping on top of Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I, I, I make sure that I go out a lot too. And that and I also, I run a monthly show at Cafe Mustache in addition to the Dastardly thing where I have I have 10 musicians of, of just different genres and they each show up and do two songs each and and that's been going on every month for about two years so I kind of keep ways to stay present and make sure that um, my voice is heard and and uh, I don't know I also think the the music's really impressive of the of the uh, the two songs that we've put out I feel very strongly about and and uh, we put out a music video which got a really great response which which uh, we put a lot of work into so I think it's uh you know, a lot of relentlessness on the self-promotion end and uh, putting stuff out that we think that people will relate to. And that's that's why we put the three years into it, is to, to have the confidence of knowing that we made something that people are going to love. Well, I do think the record is really, really strong. And it's like, and sometimes that's not enough. And that's why I was asking, like, you know, what else you're doing? And it's I'm really glad that you brought up everything you're doing. Because it's like, yeah, you guys put your all into the record, but you're also hosting this monthly residency in Lincoln Square, or, I'm sorry, Logan Square. You know, you're getting out in front of people, you're doing, you know, making the videos. And it's not just enough to make a good record anymore, unfortunately. Like, you have to do all these extra things, right? Totally. I mean, there's... Uh, the, people aren't really banging on anybody's door right now. I, uh, except for, you know, I think that, that, that uh, electronic-based music and hip-hop music there's there's a bit of a bigger niche because that's the most popular music on the planet if you if you can get a good premiere on a on a good website like fader and uh, there's a good amount of traction you're 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 gonna get noticed and you're you're gonna you're gonna start doing well uh as far as rock music and and more more quote-unquote indie rock it's it's a little harder than that and it, it uh especially when the internet can seem so instant when you're looking at all these statistics and uh likes and shares and what have you it's 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 uh 
it's such a slow process of playing shows, slowly gaining a reputation, making sure that uh, you know that you have a plan for for. Uh, I mean, we. I I made a 90-day plan for releasing this album. I could have I could have just put it out. It's been ready for a couple months, but I I didn't want to just put it on the internet. You know, you you have to have a plan and uh, keep giving people things to be excited about. It's uh, you you really have to put some thought into it and and cover all grounds. The record is out now. It's called The Hollow. Um, again, uh, Friday the 10th at uh, Lincoln Hall for the record release show. What else is coming up for the band, for Dastardly? What doors are open now that the record's out? Right. Well, you know, we're, we're hoping that people will be sharing the music. It's gonna, you, you can get it on iTunes and all that stuff, but we, we, we don't, we're not expecting to make a ton of money. So it is, you can just hear it on YouTube. We have the album up on there in SoundCloud. So you can hear the whole album and stream it. And we... We do hope that people will just be passing it along, so so we're going to be riding that wave for a while, and we, we still have videos and stuff that we'll be putting out. Uh, I, I think other than that, we'll be, we'll be trying to stay in Chicago, play whenever we can, start doing some more regional stuff, go down to the East Coast when time allows, but I think... I think we'll be working this for for like a year. You know, it's uh, it's you can't just put an album out and just be like, this is it. This is this is what happens. You you have to keep going. There's it's uh, if if you want to stay afloat, you just have to keep pushing. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to always have content published, to always be out there, to be in front of people. You know, and I think my suggestion is, whenever Fun drops a new record and has a new hit song, <laughs> that. C- to me would be the mark of like the origins for the next album. That's my guess. Yeah, and uh, I, I have been writing for, for, the, for new material and I think that's really important too for artists when, when you're about to release something, you kind of get into this, this state of mind where you don't know if it's gonna be received well, if people are gonna like it, if it's gonna accomplish what you wanted to accomplish and you can just, after you've spent so much time on something, you can really fall into this slump of just being like oh, I'm, I'm too old you know I uh, I didn't do a good enough job people aren't gonna like this I didn't plan the right things it can be really counterproductive and really depressing and the best thing to do is to just start working on the next thing yeah yeah no, man absolutely I could not agree more um, everything you just said though I don't think you have to worry about any of that the record is called the hollow and legitimately it is a gorgeous stunning record it is a great listen from start to finish that you can take in as one comprehensive piece and uh, really like it is it's very much a starkly stunning kind of very melodic atmospheric record i have a lot of good things to say about it man um gabe thank you so much from dastardly the record is called the hollow thank you man thanks for having me it was a pleasure awesome yeah this has been the chicagoverse unlimited podcast thanks to gabe Lebowitz of dastardly for being on the show this week You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.